thời gian bằng tiếng Anh trước với một tử thông cảm because good morning everyone good morning how are you today well because uh, today's uh, many uh, English speaker uh, be here with us She don't want to give donation 
our hand to any other. To who of us? She very selfish us. So for that, come on. When she died, she reborn into health. And Mogolana hits her person after obtaining the same food. You, his supernatural eyes, see the mother in hell and were burned by fire all day and all night. And Mogolana come back to say to Buddha, how can I can rescue my mom? How can I can uh, liberate my the suffering from my mouth in hell. And the Buddha said that you are very good at supernatural power, but you cannot change the karma of your mouth. This is very important. If we do something good, the merit always and forever belongs to us. Nobody can steal it. If we create a karma, good karma or bad karma, the karma is always with us forever. Nobody can change your own karma. Only you yourself can purify your karma and transform your karma from bad from negative to positive. So this is the reason today we come together. We focus on only one element that can change the whole world, change your life, change your mind, change your suffering and liberate yourself. That's only element is your own your own Now, 
Now, upside down, like this. Like a criminal, because you, they were hand, but not normally, uh, well, upside. Because during the time of the Buddha, they know like gun, uh, medical for, for death penalty. In order to punish a criminal, they have to do the upside position so many times a day. Upside down, up and down, so many times. This is the liberal and the, the literal meaning. But the deeper meaning is that upside down means something abnormal, abnormal, something very miserable. And something happened in the suffering world day and night continuously. The day and night, day after day, month after month, year after year, moment after moment, continuously live in the taste of suffering. That's what we call Because when we stand up like this, sometimes we have it. You see? Sometimes we but if upside down, if the state upside down, continuously suffer, you have no single moment to enjoy your life. You suffer forever. You're forever. <laughs> so this is the deep meaning for us, the Ulaban. This is not the physical upside, but the mind upside. <coughs> How many times a day do we address? Jealous? Anger, so many things. It makes us upside down even now or today, not just after that. This is Ulaban. So, for that reason, when a person who makes mistakes, don't understand the truth, the Dharma, they behave. They cultivate a very bad karma, like craving, hatred, and ill will, trying to harm others. They never think about the, the four quality of their mind. This is loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, or equal liberty. Without compassion, without kindness, how can you live in peace? That's never happened. We uh, took all for peace, try for peace, but they have no compassion, no kindness. Live inside. How can they live in peace? Even for themselves. So, Ulabaran means the suffering, the inner sin. The suffering from deep, from your heart, deep in your heart. Your mind. And Mara. Bana means the ball. The ball. Basic. We can hold food. We can hold so many things inside. 
because the Buddha said that on the after the three month summer retreat, monastic retreat, all the monks and nuns they purify their karma and they almost become holy person. That's why this marriage, not just one person but the whole sangha, it become very strong and very powerful. With that energy that can help awake this non-spirit in health and in our world. So for that reason, the, after the retreat, Moga Mogolada had to offer food to the Sangha out of, out of the ten person. That's why they do the basin to put food in. And according to the sutra, they prepare 100 kinds of food. Not just five menu. The menu not just of five. Hundreds. Not even sauce or chili or paper. Okay. Hundreds kind of food. They say in the sutra. And after eating all the monks, before eating all the monks and then the whole sangha have to meditate to reach the point of concentration. And from that point, he can liberate the spirit in hell and not only one spirit, but all spirit in the same supreme, the same situation. And until, this is uh, during the time of Abba Buddha, it's been 2,500 years ago. Then until the 6th, 7th, 6th century, Liangwu Emperor, China. The first emperor who offered Ulamana ceremony. And until the 7th century in Tang Dynasty, the Ulamana, Buddhist Ulamana ceremony became very popular until today. And in Japan, we have a Obong Masuri. Obong Masuri in Ulamana ceremony. And in America, we have the same, a little different, Thanksgiving. At the Thanksgiving, we appreciate and center parents, friends, family, and beloved ones. So this is the meeting today. We will um, study some uh, technique of uh, mindfulness meditation in order to help to avoid the external spirits of our own family who pass away. And of course, this afternoon, we will offer food to the hungry ghost. This is the story, but now we go to the main point. In Buddhism, there is no death forever. The Buddha teach, we are born and reborn. It's in reincarnation. Reincarnation. After death, where we go? 
they are six destinations. Heavenly be. If we do a lot of good work, after dying we go to heaven. Heavenly beings. The second one, human being. The third one, Asura. Asura, like you, you uh, watch in the movie, the, the star between the, uh, the war between the star, they are always fighting together. Asura. A lot of enemies. Conflict. In the world of reincarnation, after that we will reborn in one of the six destinations. Heavenly being, human being, Asura, Hell, Holy Ghost, and Animal Kingdom. And in the six destinations, only human being and animal can see each other. If you want to see others run, you need to attain the supernatural eyes. The trust eyes. And how can we obtain us only through meditation? And I hope today some of you may obtain the trust eyes. Right now we just see animal and animal seals. Anymore, sometimes can understand us, but for for other realm, we have no way to see. Only a holy man, a meditation with a high high quality, with the mind attain enlightenment, and you can see this is the real thing. Why Buddha said? about the sick deadness, not him alone. 1,200 Arahan, his disciple, after getting enlightenment, they see the same thing. Because the truth is only one. The truth always has only one. If it is true here, it will true in everyone. There are no two truths, only one truth. So what the Buddha experienced, recognized, his student do the same thing. So in the Siddhartinet nation, a master, Saint Mata Thitnikhan, has what saying, very wonderful. I want to remind you, a clown never dies. Sometimes our beloved one pass away, we cry and they fail. We suffer. But if we understand the teaching of Buddhism, we will remember that a clown never dies. It transforms in other forms like rain or water. Sometimes we see, sometimes we cannot see. 
a cloud sometimes visible and sometimes invisible. A cloud never dies. So if some of your family member pass away, today the day we meditation on last us we pray for them. With a strong belief that they still with us in our form. No crying. You see the little old side? We have many friends. Some of my best friends who he came to me so many times when we found this part. Here an engineer in NASA for more than 30 years. He passed away and his family is silent for the most. And today the sick week. come here every week, but nobody knows. Just only yesterday she come to tell me. 55 years old. 30 years walking in NASA. Very smart. Suddenly died without memories. Without so, we do believe a love never dies. And we try to meditate on us. So in Buddhism, sometimes we pray for the death, the departed. It's not meant to offer them something. But this is the way we create marriage for ourselves, for others, and for the whole universe, all sense of being. This is the way we practice compassion. Thank you very much. And uh, on this Ulavana day, I wish, I pray the Buddha thank you. May you be well and happy. And I want to invite you uh, to listen to the song of my best singer, Dr. the best song for me, and I don't have any best song, right? <laughs> so, you remember I sing the song earlier? That's the best song we have here. <laughs> Let's sing together, right? It's the happiness song. That you listen to his Dharma talk this morning, is beautiful. I would like to, to, like to say sincerely share the loss of uh, our friend, our sister, who be here every Sunday to invite the bell for us. And actually, the story he shared is touching. I have no idea at all. He, she lost her son, but she very passionate about it, and she showed the strength of the mother. We wish the best for you, sister. Let's sing the song together. Happiness song, right? Most of you here earlier, now it's song again. Let's go. Whenever I wake up, I feel happy. Oh well. 
They work better when you turn them on. <laughs> I assume somebody hands me a microphone that is on. Anyway, uh, you know, a lot of us come to come to Buddhism with this idea that you know a lot of a lot of people have turned away from other religions, and Buddhism makes a lot of sense and all of that. And then you encounter things like hungry ghosts and and heavens and hells and like where do I what where do I put all this stuff? How do I relate to this? And so first of all, I just tell you you don't have to believe in anything. It's about what you do. So what can you take away from a time like today in a way that affects what you do, how you understand reality? I had an opportunity, uh, because of COVID and things going virtual and stuff, I had an opportunity to attend, attend online uh, feeding the Hungry Ghost Ceremony. We're gonna be doing that later. Uh, and this was with a, a Buddhist community in California. And in, in a place where there's a lot of actors. 
And so they were doing the feeding the hungry ghost ceremony and I start to see a ghost. You, didn't, you ever watch any of the Asian horror movies where they have the ghost with the long black hair? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have one of those moving around the room. And I'm watching this, and at first I'm thinking, okay, well, obviously they've got someone who's an actor who really likes to dress up as what they envision a hungry ghost as and, and go around the room. So hungry ghosts, and as they're depicted in Buddhism, they have very small beak-like mouths and very long necks and cavernous bellies. And so it's very difficult for them to ever get enough. That's what greed is. It's the state of never getting enough. No matter how much you have, it's never enough. And so they're really kind of the embodiment of greed. They can't get enough. And in the story that uh, Thay told about Moggallana and the Buddha and Moggallana seeing his mother, he offered her rice initially. And when she tried to eat the rice, it just turned to fire. And so she, and this is the thing with hungry ghosts, usually if you offer them something, they can, they can accept it. But if their karma's bad enough, then it takes a lot of good karma to make whatever you're offering palatable to them. So I was watching this hungry ghost ceremony and seeing this person moving around the room and I started feeling sad. And I started wondering, why am I feeling sad? And then I realized that by putting this, this actor there, that maybe some of the people were not seeing the hungry ghosts that were really among them. And I don't mean supernatural spirits. I mean, sometimes the hungry ghosts are what we see when we look in the mirror, what we see when we look closely at ourselves. I was talking to Sensei Jim earlier about a moment I had many years ago when I gave up a, a, an addictive uh, behavior. And how I was just kind of had to let go of this stuff over and over. And then recently, so I've, I've just retired from my job as a university chaplain. And I noticed when I was meditating that I was having all these, all these things that I identified with and I was having to let go of them the same way I let go of you know, cognac <laughs> 25, 25 years ago or however long ago it was. We get real hung up and addicted on what we identify with, what we think is us. And those identities are what bring us back again and again to being upside down. That's why we're upside down, that's why we're suffering, is because we keep clinging to things that lead us to suffering. So if you want to find a way to make this useful, this is one of the things to do. Look at those things that you're clinging to. And as we're offering to hungry ghosts, let go of something. The Buddha also said when he had this conversation with Moggallana, that when you do this, when you make an offering during the wasa, the rainy season when the monks are all training, that it can free, help free seven generations of ancestors. Seven generations of ancestors. So I was thinking about this. I, I don't know seven generations of my ancestors. I was, when I was a little kid, I was at a Baptist church in Winters, Texas, which is a very small town. 
church was probably half the size of this building. And everybody in town went to this church. And it was Mother's Day. And we were there because that's where my grandmother lived. And so I and my brother and my mother and father were there visiting my grandmother. And in the church, the preacher talked about Mother's Day. And we're going to talk more about mothers later because there's connections here. Um, and so the preacher had mothers stand up. So how many of you are mothers? How many of you have mothers? <laughs> right. So we all have that. So he had all the mothers stand up, and then he had all the grandmothers stand up, and then the great-grandmothers and all of that. And at one point, he determined that there was one family there where there were five generations of women in the room. A great-grandma, grandma, mom, daughters, granddaughters. Five generations. Now, they weren't all mothers because some of them were only a year old. But to see five generations of people at once like that was very profound to me. Think about seven generations. And why is this significant? The Buddha once was talking about gratitude and the importance of it, and he, and he used parents as the example. And he said, even if you carried your mother and father around on your shoulders for your entire life, you could not repay your debt to them. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because my own mom is 89 years old and she's going through a lot of health issues and stuff like that. And thinking about, and when you're 89 and you were not easy to get along with most of your life, you're not any easier to get along with. <laughs> but reminding yourself, you wouldn't be here without your mom and your grandmother and your great-grandmother and people you've never even heard of, probably, no doubt, who made it possible for you to be here today. And I think that gratitude extends beyond just our mothers and just our parents. One of the most moving ceremonies I do is at the prison uh, with the Buddhist group there that I meet with on Tuesdays. And we have an Oban service. And these guys have been separate from their families and from their friends and all of this for a long time, some of them. And so as part of the service, we have Joss paper, this paper that burns kind of cold and it burns very quickly. And they can write the names of a loved one that's departed on it and then offer it to the candle flames. And then we take this bowl of ash outside and distribute it so they get an opportunity to acknowledge how important these people were who are no longer in their lives, physically present in their lives. But we've all been affected, we've all been created by the people who came before us and who have touched us. So I hope that this will give you some things to work with as we go through the day with the Ulaanbaataar ceremony. Thank you very much for your attention. Stand up and trust the body a little bit. Trust the body a little bit. Oh. 